what it would be like to like be thinking about like marriage. It just feels rather scary. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Hug and a High Five. It's a mom and daughter podcast journal. I'm Ingrid, I'm the daughter. And I'm Vicky, I'm the mom. I'm trying to figure out how to be an adult. I'm trying to figure out how to parent an adult and live as an adult who is more than a parent. I live in New York City. And I live in Los Angeles. And this is Hug and a High Five. Hello, Ingrid. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. We're having cloudy June gloom weather in August. Wow, that's nice. We're having tropical storms. I bet it's still cloudy though, right? (laughs) Actually, it's cleared up and now it's pretty sunny and beautiful. Yeah. Well, Mom, let's... Let's talk about boys. <laughs> Mom and I talking about boys is really interesting because truly it's not our favorite subject. Well, that's good that we don't always talk about it also. Right. So we, we have talked about it growing up, but my memory of a lot of those conversations is them being rather awkward. But also, I know one of your goals was like, I don't want to be the mom that's like boy crazy and like talking to like getting into like stirring things up a whole bunch. Right. Um, so that's a good backstory about where we are in our relationship. I think that's just such an interesting one, such an interesting subject for moms and daughters. I feel like every mom and daughter has a different take on how they talk about romance. Well, we growing up watched a lot of musicals. We watched more traditional movies. I grew up in a traditional family. So our frame of reference for the way life goes is very traditional. It's very 1950s. Some people call it Ozzie and Harriet, although I never saw Ozzie and Harriet. So I I don't know. know. (laughs) (laughs) But my parents are before, just before the baby boomers. So they're like in between. They were born during World War II, not after World War II. So they're kind of in between generations, but very traditional mindset. So that's the way I grew up. And I didn't grow up with a lot of questioning of that. I was fine with kind of what I saw and the way I lived. So it was much older that I started questioning things. And and I think a lot of kids are that way. They Mm -hmm. grow up fine with the way they are. And if their parents aren't prone to examine and question things around the dinner table, then that's not a topic of conversation so much. So that's the way we are. And I, the stereotype of some moms in musicals is that they're worried about getting their daughters married off and establishing their future. So Mrs. Bennett is the classic one that we have talked about. From Pride and Prejudice. (laughs) She's the silly mom that wants to marry her daughters off. And truthfully, that story starts out, a man in possession of a wealth of fortune must be in want of a wife. Mm -hmm. So that's like the setting that it starts out in. So we enjoyed a lot of Jane Austen growing up and a lot of the whole concept of getting married to ensure a secure future. So now that viewpoint is kind of changing But we're faced with what does it look like now? What do relations look like now? So the reason this came up is because one of our very dear friends um, got married in quarantine, a good old quarantine wedding. And we had a big um, bridal shower for her over Zoom, which was so wonderful and uh, very, very precious and, and special. But I found myself inside 
being rather cynical about the whole thing. Not about her marriage. I'm like so excited for her 100%. But about the way that women imagined the relationship as they like saw it in their friend and the way that they described like realizing that she was going to like make this a long-term relationship and you know those kind of things. I'll preface this by saying I shared my initial cynicism with two other single friends my age and that was really helpful because all three of us were like yeah we all feel that way. Um, so I'm not like a load of that. And they brought some really interesting ideas. But the very first thought I'll just bring to you, mom, to hear your ideas. My first cynicism was the fact that as we were all blessing the bride, a, a lot of these young women, slightly younger than me, like about the same age, but, you know, 21, 22 instead of 24, a lot of them used the words... I just could tell that he was like the one for you. Oh. And as soon as you started dating him, it just it just felt different. It was like this is different. This is so special. And I just thought to myself, different. This is her only boyfriend. How mm. can it be different? <laughs> <laughs> Who's it different for? Oh, I just immediately was like that feels like such a cliche and when I have a bridal shower. I want people to say things that are really specific about me and not just like some cliche that you think sounds nice for this moment. I, I know that they were really genuine, but it I clocked it within myself as like I guess receiving it as ingenuine. Mm. So I don't know. Did that did you notice that? Did I notice it on you? No. <laughs> No, 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 no. Did you notice that like a lot of people said that? Did you notice that pattern? Yeah, yeah. There were a lot of people saying you are right for each other right from the very beginning. And it is interesting because it's the only boyfriend that she has had. So yeah, it is a little bit different. They dated for three years through college. They both graduated. He graduated a year before her. They're on the young side for college. When I graduated from college, I was 23. So they're like two years younger. Yeah, they're, I mean, I think they're going to make an incredible couple. Um, It was mostly just like watching all the other young women like talk about how how they talked about it. So I brought this to my two friends who Mm -hmm. are my age and they both were like, yes, I totally get it. <laughs> that can totally sound insincere. Although, of course, we know that they were sincere. It's just like maybe the wording. And one of my friends had a great maybe insight to say a lot of people don't really practice like having vulnerable conversations or, or practice putting their like deep feelings and thoughts and into words very often. Mm-hmm. And so... It may have been that they just, they didn't know what other words to say for what's, what felt so special. And that perhaps when they said it just felt different, obviously they were probably talking about, like, it felt different to watch her interact with, with mm-hmm. him. But if they were really to think about it, it might have been, I felt different in my relationship with you because of your relationship with him. You know, we like all change mm-hmm. each other. There might have been like a bigger, like this shifted our relationship and our, the way that we interact with each other in a good way. Mm. And so like it being a bigger, like it felt different, our whole like kind of ecosystem of friendship perhaps, which was really helpful for me because that felt less cynical. (laughs) My observation of the healthy relationship that I would say they had is it was more private So, you know, Mm -hmm. when you think of coming out of high school, a lot of relationships are really gossipy and you 
talk to the girl about the boy and there's just a lot of people involved and that right. to me is kind of one sign sign that it's just a flash in the pan <laughs> it's That's a uh, possibly just an infatuation whereas a relationship that you take deep into your heart is more serious and you it's more private you don't share it out as much and when you do share about it you might not share as much about it but people notice when they're with you and that they're with the couple that oh that couple is very sincere with each other very intimate with each other they clearly have a shorthand they Mm. they communicate with their eyes more you know there's more of an attachment kind of thing with each other so I think maybe my perception is I I wasn't around their relationship too much so I didn't know the ins and outs I didn't know the struggles or if they had any or anything like that Mm -hmm. and I don't really know if a lot of her friends do I know you didn't know a lot and no. Uh, I don't know how much her friends knew about the ins and outs of her relationship. So to that end, for them to say, this is a beautiful relationship. You know, I knew it from the beginning. It's possible yeah. that they saw it at such a distance. Kind of like the way we see movies and we only see the lead up to the culmination mm. in a movie yeah. at a distance. And then we say, oh, look how much they worked through. That was so beautiful. But it's not like they worked through it with a lot of other people. Yeah. Huh. I never thought about that. That's really helpful. (laughs) And that's sort of the question that I wanted to keep posing to you is like when, because I haven't never gotten married, (laughs) like what feels, if there is a thing where everyone can say like, it's different, what feels different, you know, or how do you know it's like he's like the one and there's lots of questions about whether or not there is the one a lot of people believe well you there could be many people like right for you around the world because love is a choice mm-hmm. and love is a practice and yeah so at some point you just like choose that but it, it just kind of got me thinking especially after like a couple relationships that ended pretty rocky and in into the sort of like young adult time where like singleness is the thing, which I'm totally happy for, but it, it is a very strange concept to be like single and like happily single because a lot of stories about getting married from other people that I know include like, well, we, we started dating and then about, you know, like a year in, we were like, you know, like I, we like got engaged and whatever. And so it's just so strange for me to think like, hmm, I could start really talking to someone tomorrow in a year from now I could be wanting to get married. <laughs> like that's crazy to me that I cannot comprehend that. Mm. So from your experience watching people or from your own experience, like that's really, this is one of those things. It's really helpful to re- like hear you say that there's some, there's some difference in the way that things sort of end, end up physically or relationally manifesting when you, you can tell that this is a a more serious issue. Yeah. And there's, I forgot the name of the author, but the man that wrote The Curmudgeon's Guide to Getting Ahead, <laughs> he mm-hmm. said, you know, there's something to be said for more, more mature marriages that people that get married at a mature age when they really have their identity formation made. But there's something yeah. also to be said for startup marriages. I thought, I like that phrase that he used <laughs> and called them startup marriages. And so this is what theirs is, a startup marriage. They're at the beginning yeah. of their adulthood journey. They barely have dis- discovered it. And I had a startup marriage with daddy pretty much was out of college 
neither of us exactly knew what we wanted to do. I certainly didn't know what I wanted to do. And we talked about this in the last podcast about how now, you know, identity formation happens in your 20s and your Mm. career happens in your 30s. And yeah, everything's a little later. Like, yeah, it's extended. And um, so holding on to the ideal that so much can happen at a young age, which also is stepping back and recognizing that was really traditional framework. So people used to go just to college and not as many people went on to grad school and that's totally changing. Mm -hmm. And after college, they settled down and they got a job and the next traditional thing to do was to get married and a few years after that to have children. And a lot of those marriages in my parents' generation were one single family working one person working. yeah so, yeah sorry single yeah. parent working marriages mm-hmm. and then then now now it's the the statistic is much more double income yeah much more double income double income or single home single parent home well yeah that's different also yeah so so family systems have changed a lot and it's helpful though to step back and recognize what am I holding on to and do I still want to hold on to that this is the way I was raised this is the lens that I look through. Do my glasses need cleaning? Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I need a, a new uh, prescription for this new era that we're in, kind of thing, and and how families work and live together. Their family mm-hmm. situation is unique because they're going to live with the grandma in a house. So they're not moving out on their own. Whereas traditional families, they mostly would move out on their own. Although that depends on what part of the country you live in also in your neighborhood. There's a lot of families that they do still live at home on their own floor. That's true. Well, yeah. And in like all of the farming communities, it seems like pretty much like have sort of dynastic families (laughs) within their farm. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. So we just have our unique little lens of of how it looks. But I do think that when something is dear to you, you tend to hold it a little closer, a little bit more quiet and not to Mm -hmm. talk about it quite as much. And you may venture out and ask questions. We have a friend who is asking, she started dating someone in March. She's known him like for a year before that. And she has in her mind that she would date someone for a year before she would consider Mm -hmm. getting married because she wants to be through all seasons of the year. Yeah, makes sense. Give it time. But they are actively, like they're exclusive and only thinking about each other and exploring what this might look like and how Mm -hmm. they interact with the world and ups and downs of life. So they're getting to know each other and that. And every now and then she will venture out and ask kind of a, how did you do this question? (laughs) Yeah. But otherwise she's very quiet about it and keeps it to herself. I think she just decides who she talks to about things. So I think that most of the people in our friends who got had the shower in, in her shower I would say only one of her peers was married. So that's why your perspective is a little different. Yeah, I commented on that when I talked to my two friends about <laughs> how I wasn't feeling very hopeful about the whole thing um, in concept because I, I did say like everyone that was married had a much more specific blessing, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, was it, which obviously like you are able to have real advice, you know? Mm -hmm. And I recognized that I couldn't give advice in that moment. I've never been married, but I still found a way to like 
say something that was specific and, and spoke to like who I knew her to be and who I knew her family to be to like, you know, bless something more specific. I appreciated I what you said because you spoke to her, which is a little bit more true to the person because you don't know the person she married as well. So you... True. I did feel like this is a bridal shower. So like in most traditional bridal showers, the men wouldn't be there anyway. And I'm like, I, I've known you your whole life. So I'll just... Yeah, well, I think you. a lot of people like try to say something about the couple, but it was more fitting and appropriate. I think that you just said something about her and spoke into her life, specifically something that she would carry into the marriage, which ultimately is the, the most helpful is to recognize mm. I am a whole person and I am getting married to a right. whole person. We're coming together, but we're still two whole people. Uh, we had a symbolism when we got married. There was a can- two candles lit, and then there was a unity candle in the middle. And I was really specific. I said, I do not want my candle l- blown out. Because a lot of traditions, they ha- blow out the side candles, and they just become one middle candle. Oh. <laughs> but I said, no, I'm still an individual. We are becoming one That's really family, important. but we're still individuals. So I don't have a, yeah. I didn't have a lot of wedding opinions, but that was a specific one that I had. <laughs> I love that. I love that that was your one wedding opinion. Well, you know what was funny? sounds really healthy. Is we got married in July and it was hot. And so the fans were blowing and my candle actually blew out. And so I told my maid of honor, I leaned over, I said, please go light my candle again. Like, light that again. (laughs) This is important to me. So, yeah. I'm glad. So I appreciate the recognition that you are an individual and anything that you can do to encourage the individual so you don't get lost in the relationship we are a unit right now is is helpful but yeah tradition we have to hold out those traditions and say and challenge our question our assumptions a little bit and say oh this is where I've been coming from not to say it's bad but the world is changing and I need to adapt my expectations and by nature of the way the world is changing my lifestyle is changing So holding Mm -hmm. on to these traditional expectations is going to be difficult. I'm just struck by the the fact that when something becomes more dear to you, it is a little bit like quieter and more careful. And I, when I, when I think about like what it would just like such an imagination thing for me, what it would be like to like be thinking about like marriage, it just feels rather scary (laughs) versus a relationship, like you said, where like from the outside you can tell with someone like, ah, this is basically just a flash in the pan. Like it's feeling like a little too giddy. Mm-hmm. Showmance, we called it. To, be, to really be something. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, showmance <laughs> is specific to theater being in a show, but that's the same feeling. Yeah, just like the shallowness of it. But like really like sitting down and thinking about like saying yes to someone for the rest of your life sounds really scary to me. That doesn't sound like something, obviously it doesn't sound like something to jump into. I don't know. Were you scared when you first, was it like a scary thing when you first realized like, oh, I might be saying yes to Rick forever? Yes. The day after he proposed, I had been given tickets to go out to Catalina Island through the, um, restaurant corporation I was the director of marketing for. So we went on a boat out to Catalina Island and we just walked around kind of silently all day. And you know your dad, he's not a silent person. That's true. (laughs) For us to be so quiet, we, it was sobering. 
It was so, it, mm. it just like, it, it was weighty to think about, oh, okay, so this is what we said yes to. But the reason yeah. I could say yes the day before is because I had tested the waters the year before to see, and we dated for nine months, but I had known him for just like a, a little over, closer. I had known of him for a couple of years, but a mm-hmm. year to see how he responded in difficult situations, not just with me, but with other family members in particular. That was an interesting Mm -hmm. perspective to see how did he respond to his sister and his mom and dad? Was he honoring to them? Did he laugh with them? How did he deal with stressful situations with frustrating people? And then, you know, me, I have lots of questions. I wrote a lot down in my journal and I had hundreds of questions, you know, very doubtful and skeptical and wonder about this thing. But I just asked them all. So we had enough trust right off the bat Mm. with each other that I felt free to ask all my questions. I why do you, like pointed questions. Why do you want to be in business? And kind of kind of like digging. <laughs> Proof yeah. to me that that's a good value, which I've said before in this that I was interested in philosophy and things like that. And so I was like, why do you want to be involved in business? And he had a very thoughtful answer. Your dad had a very thoughtful answer to that. So hmm. what I believed because of what I had seen for the nine months before that, intensively seen for the nine months before that, is he would always work on the relationship. Hmm. So I knew that we would face hurdles and struggles and ups and downs. But what I believed is that he would always work on the relationship. So that was what I was holding on to. Now, I have heard People say, you know, it's not natural to stay with one person. And that's like kind of being floated out there as a polyamory Mm. and things like that. It's like more natural to go with more than one person. But we are given the model in scripture that God loves the church. You know, he loves us forever. And that as you get to know each other, you, you attach to them and you grow and change. But your attachment doesn't separate. It just continues to get more attached. Right. Just molds differently as you are different. Yeah. And we were talking about that last weekend as we were we were actually reading the great divorce and we were talking about heaven and the the heaven being fearful for me when I was little because all I knew was it lasted forever and I thought I don't know if I want something that lasts forever oh yeah (laughs) I didn't know much about it but now the great divorce gives a nice picture and he C.S. Lewis says this is of course my imagination but it is a picture of how Heaven is connection, it's attachment to God, but it is always changing and growing. And dad brought up the fact that he said, yeah, now I never could have imagined 27 years ago what my attachment to you would be, but my attachment to you is even greater than it was 27 years ago. And I just Mm. look forward to the next things that we're going to do together. I'm not bored with you at all. I just am looking forward to it. Now, we've had some counseling on that to keep, keep it fresh, keep doing things new. Don't have one person always be the expert in something that's always like teaching somebody else. Mm-hmm. So that's important. Look to doing something new. So our new thing is hiking in the Sierras right now. <laughs> so that those are the way we think about staying together and attached to each other. And it's an exciting thing now, not an intimidating or daunting thing. Yeah, mm, that's helpful. So there's, a, there's an original confidence in your like mutual 
agreement to work on your relationship. And yeah, and I guess that's true. Life changes all the time. You just get to change, you just choose to change together. Yeah, I knew enough about your dad's history and hard things that he had gone through, especially in college, where he had persevered. He got kicked out of college at one point. He didn't know what he wanted to do. He left college at another point. So his college Mm -hmm. journey was very back and forth. But he finished. So Mm -hmm. that's why we have said before, and you might have rolled your eyes, I don't know, that you need to graduate from college before you get married. Because, you know, you started dating somebody right Mm -hmm. out of high school into college. And Mm -hmm. there was ideas about, oh, will she get want to get married? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we said, no, you need to make sure you do this milestone before you do that milestone, because that is a picture of what it will be like for the rest of your life. So if you start and stop Mm -hmm. things, when you're a child, you can start and stop sports. You can start and stop musical instruments. But you have to have some kind of a track record of finishing things and working through hard things because that demonstrates your willingness to work through the hard things of a marriage. Mm. Well, and that is exactly why I wanted to go talk to my two 24-year-old friends after this bridal shower because even though most of the other women were were 21, which in the grand scheme of things is not different from a 24-year-old. <laughs> so much closer. It felt different. To your prefrontal cortex. It, yeah, yeah. It was just like, but like I've lived two years outside of school, you know, like on my own, away from my family, paying most of my own bills. And, and maybe it's also just being a transplant to a different city. Like, I just feel like I've grown up a lot in the last two years. Mm-hmm. And so talking to someone right out of college, just like still like they feel really young to me. Right. Comparatively. Right. Anyway, so that's why I talked to my two other friends my age. And there's this funny duality about being where we are of like, we do feel like we've grown a lot in the last few years and we're sort of opening our eyes to a different like adulthood world. And then on the dating front, it's very much like, well, we it's not even that I have like high standards, I guess I could say that, but I just have like a lot of, a couple specific asks of things that I want out of a person that I would consider like dating and sharing my life with. And they really feel very few and far between. And so we all look around like, well, I guess we'll buckle in for a lot of years of singleness. All right. You know, and which is not what you're told in a Christian school context, for sure. There's a lot of ring by spring. Yeah, that's part of the struggle that we faced with you guys is the setting that you were in was the ring by spring college perspective. So that that wasn't really helpful and probably would have been good if we talked more about that when you were younger. I I tried to, but I I don't know. It's hard hard to know. Yeah. Well, yeah, so so it was just helpful to talk to two other women who are feeling like in the same boat as me and and like prone to cynicism there (laughs) um just just say yeah you know we get it this was very helpful thanks mom it's nice to kind of talk first of all it's nice to talk about this when I don't have a boyfriend so we can just talk about it and there's like weird implications about what I'm thinking or any of those things just to kind of talk about it but that I mean that I'm that takeaway of just like the fact that it it just starts to feel a little more precious to you and and doesn't look the same. And the hope that it doesn't have to be scary, it can just be sobering, is very good. That's true, that's true. I think one thing from my perspective that I know will come is the shift in uh, the first fruits of your emotion. So that's a teaching that we were taught. But right now, 
I get the first fruits of many of your emotions because we are very connected, even though we're at 2,000 miles away from each other. (laughs) We're very connected. But if you had somebody else intimate in your life, the first fruits of your emotion would go to that person. And you can only share the first fruits one time. They only go to one person. First fruits. (laughs) That's right. Somebody else can hear the same story, but it's not the same with all the same energy Mm -hmm. and enthusiasm or all the extremes of emotion. Yeah. So I anticipate there will be a time in life when that changes with you Mm because somebody else will come along and I might start to notice that. And truthfully, that's what happened in college. I started to notice that you shared less with me because you had already shared your stories with somebody. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that was hard. And that will be a hurdle that we'll have to go over. But yeah, that's something that I just have to acknowledge as a a parent of an adult. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, thanks. This was fun to talk through. It's nice to hear some of your stories and your experience, too. Yes. And kind of glean from that. Yeah. Well, I'm glad for our connection now and the first fruits of the motion that I get right now from you. (laughs) Yes. I love you. High five. Yes, I love you, too. Bye. High five. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hug and a High Five. Yep, thanks for listening. If you'd like to suggest a topic, ask us a question, or share your mom-daughter story, please email us at hugandahighfivepodcast at gmail.com. That's hugandahighfivepodcast at gmail.com. All words, hugandahighfivepodcast at gmail.com. Have a great week.